This week on Backyard Footy. So, after the debut, um, we were going to play New York Rebels. Started that game. That game was fun, man. They were a good team. Was that was your game. first start in Red Bull? Yeah. That was your first, first start, first 90. Wow, what a game to get thrown into. I know, dude. <laughs> I know, bro. I was like, this is a good test, though. I was I was ready for it, and it was a good test. And I think I uh, proved myself in that game. But from there, I was just, and throughout the season, through the rest of it, um, became like a regular starter, and we did well. Ended on a high. Um, so, yeah, no, I was always, I uh, like, really excited about it because, like you said, my career definitely um, kind of changed overnight. And with all that game time and, film and everything I knew I was confident um now I have like that platform to go off of and all that experience and definitely gave me a lot of confidence What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the 26th episode of Backyard Footy with your host, Hugh Roberts, where each episode I dive into the backgrounds, journeys, and experiences of professional athletes, former athletes, and coaches, and anyone that's been involved with the game. I have a very, very special guest here for you. He's a hometown hero, someone who's been grinding for his contract from February to July, a true underground story, and one of the most humble, faithful guys on the team. I mean, it's a great honor to bring you guys Clay Dimmick. Let's go, my G. What's up, bro? Thanks for having yeah. me. So how's everything, bro? How's the offseason been? It's good, man. It's definitely, definitely uh, different than season, you know. Uh, a lot more time on my hands, but it's been good. Yeah? yeah. What do you mean t- more time on hand? Like, what you been up to? Uh, I mean, I was in a pretty good routine with practice and everything, and uh, end of the season was good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've been coaching more, and... Uh, Getting more involved here at the school with coaching, so mostly spending my time uh, training other people while I'm resting up and getting back into training myself. Are you training? Have you started training yet? Yeah, yeah, I started two weeks ago um, over at Hyper Elite Indoor Facility, and then today, you and I and uh, Brandon, we all started lifting, so that's back in it too. And for those who wants to see the off-season training, subscribe to YouTube because you're going to see some uh, off-season footage with us playing pickup and getting some touches in, so definitely tune in. Um, but yeah, let's get started. Um, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you even get started playing soccer? Yeah, so um, I'm one of two in my family. Uh, my older brother, Connor, was the first one in our family to start playing soccer. And uh, he started playing when he was like seven, so I was five or four. Then I just wanted to play, be like him, you know how it is. And uh, my parents were like, yeah, I mean, we'll get you into it. So started playing back in Texas and then moved to Atlanta and that's when I started getting serious about it, practicing more often um, with club teams and then from there it just kind of took off. So who were you playing with from the jump? Were you playing with academies? Playing no, from the jump when I was like five I was playing with the Y. Ah, the and wide. then, yeah, classic, right? <laughs> and then um, I played with a club team down in Georgia called NASA, North Atlanta Soccer Association. Yeah. yeah. And then from there kind of kind of took off from there yeah and then from there um going into high school I started playing on the region teams um RPL uh with Atlanta Spurs back then um and then yeah high school because now the academy and stuff like that but back in my day it was just club so so what a lot of people don't know about you is that you're adopted right yeah so I mean 
Let's say you happen to be adopted into a different family, your mm-hmm. career path would be kind of different. Yeah, I know. Um, would you say, I mean, just being adopted in general, I know it's tough times in general, but um, would you say that kind of, obviously, the very thing for your family to get you here, that kind of helps you with your career and kind of gave you a different perspective, mm-hmm. maybe even humbled you and kind of pushes mm-hmm. you to get you where you are right now? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, <clears throat> well... My birth parents were really young when they had me, like 17. Um, So they obviously weren't financially or even emotionally, (coughs) physically ready to have me. So um, thankfully they made the right decision and gave me up to adoption. And then the parents who adopted me, um, they obviously were financially and physically and emotionally ready for a kid. So um, they welcomed me into their family. Um, And yeah, they uh, gave me a great life. So it made it really easy to jump into sports where they would give me all the uh, platforms to succeed. Your brother was with you, right, with them? Yeah, my brother was adopted from, so I was adopted from Texas, and then he was adopted from a family up in New Hampshire. Mm, wow. Yeah, crazy. so two different places. That's crazy. Yeah. Ended up in the same area, too. Yeah, it's wild. Wow. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, how did you kind of get recruited? So um, I was getting recruited by a couple of Division One schools, Stetson mm-hmm. and UAB. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had an offer to Stetson, Mm -hmm. and the coaching staff, the year I was going to commit, changed completely. So I was like, dang, I'm not trying to go there if I don't know the coach, you know. So uh, Belmont Abbey, um, they were after me from junior year, and it's Division II school in Charlotte. I was like, you know, this coach, he seems honest, and he seemed like a really nice guy. He knew what he was talking about when it came to the game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, this guy has been honest and, like, really wanted me to come there since junior year. These other coaches are kind of wishy-washy, tell me one thing, and going after all these players, and I felt like this was a home for me, and so um, this is like the place I was being recruited to um, that felt like home. It's hard to find loyalty even within college, you know, you know how it is in the professional realm, but just college too, it's a doggy dog world in percent, so when you can find someone who's loyal to you, Kavon in one of my last episodes said the exact same thing. All these different colleges want him, but UCF like showed him from the jump just true love, a full ride, was like, we'll take care of you no matter what. And I mean, panned out for him and panned out for you too. And it's just hard to find loyalty, so that's good though. Yeah, that was like the main thing was, I knew this coach was uh, gonna stay the four years that I was there, and I knew he was gonna stay loyal to me and like want me to succeed off the field and on the field as well. So how was Belmont Abbey? How was it for you here? Uh, off the field, it was great. You know, I made a lot of good uh, people and relationships. Um, on the field, it was good personally. I um, improved a lot and learned a lot under this head coach. He's really talented at what he does. Um, and obviously, as a team, we were okay. Um, played some good teams like Pfeiffer and Limestone. Um, but we didn't really have too much success. But the culture was something I was proud of starting here. Um, kind of like a family with this team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it helped me uh, succeed and obviously helped me with the career I have now. Transitioning from high school to college, was it a smooth transition for you or the college game? No, not really. It's, it's definitely a transition. Can you give uh, people an idea kind of what, I mean, Division three soccer is like. Some people yeah, yeah. don't play so, soccer at all. Some people come D1, D2. I mean, I yeah. don't even know D3 like that. No, so it's Division two. Two, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> So yeah, it's Division Two, um, but I would say the biggest change from Division One um, is probably the foreigners on the team. There was a bunch of foreigners. I know Limestone when we played them had no Americans in their starting lineup. Pfeiffer, no Americans. Mount Olive, all these teams we were playing had no Americans. They're all 22-year-old freshmen coming in. So I was like, these guys have experience from different places. Right. Coming in as an 18-year-old freshman from Atlanta, like right. 
the level of play was definitely higher. It was technical. Um, I know at some Division One schools it's all about athletes and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's one thing that drew me to Division Two was like if I wasn't the biggest coming out of high school, um, I was pretty technical mm-hmm. and knew that here it was like a technical way of uh, playing the game. I like that. Yeah. You guys won a championship here? I no, think? we didn't. Never. Mm-hmm. Never? Never won a championship. I know, dude. I'm hungry for a championship. <laughs> All right. 2020, I All swear. Right, right. <laughs> so, after college, what was your thought process? Yeah, so... You, you finished this past spring? or A uh, year before that. year before that. Mm-hmm. So, you, what, you took a year off? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I took... So, I took... 2017, um, went and played for the Charlotte PDL team. Yep. Played for the Charlotte PDL team, the Charlotte Eagles. Uh, Dave Dixon used to yeah. coach there. So he didn't coach me. He left a year before that. He was at Indy 11. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, uh, I was training here in Charlotte, um, coaching with the Charlotte Eagles, just staying fit, waiting for opportunity. And then when the offseason came around, um, Pittsburgh Riverhounds had me into an invite trial. And then uh, Richmond Kickers had me into their this preseason. Is 17? No, this is this year now. Oh. Uh, yeah, so fast forward to this year. Because uh, the last 2018, I was playing in the um, PDL. PDL. Yeah, USL 2 yeah. now with yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, wow. so yeah, I was there with the Riverhounds. Before for the, Charlotte was Riverhounds? Yeah. Wow. But right before Charlotte was Richmond, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. I was telling you, I was like, yo, I was actually just in Richmond. Oh, they, like, yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, sign yeah, me, but yeah, the... Wow. The money wasn't great. It was kind of like really cheap. I didn't want to go up there. I was like, you know what? I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, so That's I know it's two of your old teams, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I came back thinking like. I didn't follow my footsteps. <laughs> I thought like, yo, I might have to go back up to Richmond. Uh, yeah, I remember I was like telling you I can hit people up for you and that kind of thing. Yeah. But what was, so you go from Pittsburgh was first. Mm-hmm. How long were you out there in Pittsburgh? Like three to four days. It was just a oh, um, yeah, it was just like a week trial. Okay, how was that experience for you? It was good. Uh, it was different. Yeah. Um, Bob's a really smart coach. Um, he taught me a lot in that time. Uh, it was definitely really intense. The environment mm-hmm. that he created mm-hmm. to put people under pressure, see if they could perform under pressure. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot there, and it gave me confidence going into uh, the trial with Richmond. Mm-hmm. And how, how was the Richmond trial? Richmond trial was good. Um, I performed really well. The coaches were really happy. They wanted me on their team. And just things fell through financially and just with the housing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So personally, I was like, you know, don't really think I can make this work. Head back to Charlotte. I'll think about it for a couple of days. And in those couple of days, the independence called. And that's when you started training with us. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. So how was that whole... How was that whole grind for you? I mean, as I was explaining for most of you guys who don't know, he came with me in like mid-February on trials as center back. He don't even play as a center back, but is my center back partner. Um, and then yeah, just grinding through all that to getting your first contract. I remember Dave was telling us last episode that he was calling around a bunch of local guys, asking for guys who was available, and your name happened to keep popping up, and you kept doing well for yourself. So, I mean, what were you going through? Were you just, yeah, just give us kind of your yeah, mental so thought process. I think the first one I went to was the NCSC scrimmage. Mm-hmm. It was like the day I got back from Richmond, and um, one of my old coaches and friend, Jake Berry, he knows Dave really well. So Jake was like, hey, are you back in town? Are you still in Richmond? Um, they're playing in a scrimmage at NCFC. They need an extra player. 
So I was like, yeah, for sure I'll go. Like, didn't think I was gonna play. Played the last 20 minutes. Oh, you were Last there. 30 minutes, in yeah. The rain and so cold, <laughs> so cold. So played like the last thirty minutes or whatever, um, and then I was like, you know what? Like, they don't have many players. Maybe I'll just stay and see what happens. I didn't really want to go back to Richmond. So I uh, talked to Dave and I was like, hey, can I train this next week coming up? It's like, yeah, for sure. Went into train the next week, um, and the next game after that was UNCC, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right and yeah. there was like an injury or something, so I started that game, yeah. played 90 minutes, and I was like, dang, maybe something could come of this. Stuck around again. They asked me to come to training, and then Atlanta played center back with you again versus Atlanta United two in the preseason. Um, and so yeah, mentally at that point, I was thinking like I can play at this level, but it's just like, do they need a defender or not? Um, and they knew I was local, so I would keep coming back. So it was kind of a tricky situation, but I was really thankful they kept giving me the opportunity to come back and train. Because at that point, I was like, this training is high level. Like, like uh, yourself, um, Kivon, Dom, all those veterans, Enzo, all of them have, are such uh, like experienced players. I was learning every day, right, right, right. you know. So I was really thankful for that and the um, players that were around me. And I remember talking to you and Kivon, Dom, just asking them like about my situation. And they're just like, yeah, stick it out. I mean, like the worst that can happen is you're a training player for a year and sign a contract for next year. So yeah, I remember telling you that too, just because like, my, from my standpoint, it's the highest quality talent-wise and just talent yeah, in general. And just to get this, I mean, you're looking at going back to Richmond and some other like League Two clubs. But I was like, you're getting championship, very high championship quality touches. Like really, you're gonna go into wherever you need to go, high um, in form and everything. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. So pick up from preseason, uh, the games start happening, and obviously it was a rough start. But and I kept training. I was like, dang, you know, like it's a rough start. Maybe that's a good thing mm-hmm. from my perspective that they meet, might need a new player. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, just kept training, training, grinding it out. Talked to the coaches some and. Um, I know that Dave, remember you and I talked to Dave, and Dave was like, yeah, I'm trying oh, yeah, to make yeah, things yeah, happen. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave was Dave was really good to me throughout the whole process. The whole coaching staff was, but Dave was uh, really easy to communicate with. Um, so I just tried to focus on myself during that time and try to see how I could get better every day, grow in confidence, grow as a player, and just try to like use each day as another um, way to push towards a contract. All right, but what about in like May now? This is like, are you talking about preseason now? March, April, May games are going by. Mm. We're losing still. We're not winning. And how are you remaining? Pop? First of all, you're cutting yourself off from other options. That's another thing you mm. think of. Like, the season started, so you're not really going to go to any other club. And yes, you're going to mm. stick this out. But, like, what were you going through then? Yeah, so, I mean, it definitely was hard. <laughs> like, I'm, I know I told you sometimes, like, dude, this is tough. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I told you this, but Tulsa Roughnecks called in the beginning of May, uh, and they wanted me out there, and they basically had a contract, but it wasn't written. They're just like, we just need to see you for a couple of days, but we were desperate need a defender. We know you're with a USL championship team right now, unsigned. But and I was like, all right. But then, um, you know, I I had a feeling like I was like, I really want to stay in Charlotte. This is home for me. Um, family's here and everything, so I wanted to make it happen in Charlotte and. I just kind of prayed about it, and I'm a big man of faith, and yeah. kind of felt like this was where I was being called, was to stay home. And so, even though it was tough every day, 
um, I tried really hard to stay positive, and I was like, I, it could be worse. Like, I could be without a team right now, like yeah, yeah. training on my own. But I was in a team environment and um, just tried to talk to the coaches when it was appropriate, stay in their ear, and just earn it on the field. I wasn't really big on, like, complaining about it and all that stuff. I just wanted to do it, like, with my mouth shut mm-hmm. and uh, try to let my play do the talking. Which, Actually do the talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the coaches bringing you back every single day. Oh, well, in, the, in, the, in between all that was, like, any coach talking to you. You said you were cool with Dave a little bit, mm-hmm. but, like, was Jim talking to you, or did you have any idea that maybe a contract was coming up? Um, not really. The most indication I got was from Dave a couple of weeks before. I was like, Dave, is anything going to happen, or like, can you give us any tips? I think me and you were just kind of joking with him. He was like, no, I'm trying to make something happen, trying to make something happen. And we didn't really know. That was the most indication I got. I never got any indication from Jim or Felix until it happened. And it was crazy mm-hmm. how it happened the day mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in between then, <clears throat> Jim gets fired. So I remember Jim's telling you the week before you, you're about to sign, like, all right, we want to sign you. Boom, he gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> so wild. <laughs> what were you thinking then? So it was literally a mm, Tuesday but after film. Mm-hmm. He calls me, he's like, Clay, can I work with you? And this is Jim now. He's like, yeah, so... We have, as a coaching staff and as a team organization, blah, 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 came up with something for you, and now we want to offer you your first contract. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, was hyped. I was like, awesome, man. Like, right. So, so grateful. Went to train. He told the team. Remember, y'all, yep, y'all yep, got yep, hyped. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And then the next day, we come into training. Literally, the next day, I haven't signed anything yet. It was just word of mouth. Mm. The next day, we come into training. Everybody's in a weird mood. Uh, the Wednesday. owner comes in. Yeah. Jim is gone, and I'm like, okay, where's the contract? (laughs) (laughs) So then Mike takes over, and uh, after his talk, uh, Mike comes up to me. He's like, Clay, can I grab you for a second? Through the thoughts going through my head Mm -hmm, during that, mm -hmm. I was like, all right, the guy's going to cut me, offer me the contract, or ask me just to train. So he he just pulls me out, and he's like, yeah, we're still going to offer you the contract just so you don't have to worry. And I was like, That was that same day, right? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So what did you buy when you first signed that contract? What was your first purchase? <laughs> My first purchase? I bought a Mac. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Upgrading yourself. Well, I got a house, too. A what? No, I'm a, <laughs> no, a Mac. A Mac. A Mac. Yeah, yeah. A house? <laughs> no, no. So it was like, I don't know. It was definitely like a monkey up his shoulder. The weight lifted off his shoulders and stuff. Mm-hmm. You've been grinding for a long time. Yeah. Um... So then you go from, all right, obviously months of not signing, you sign, but then you go months again of not even playing. Mm-hmm. So how was that mentally on you from one aspect where you're fighting just for a contract? Relieved, you got your contract, but now you're not playing at all. And so in a sense, it's basically the same thing except for your sign. You're, not, mm-hmm. you're still not playing in a sense. You know what yeah. I mean? So what was that like mentally for you? Yeah. So the contract came in June. Um or July, and then I didn't play July. I made the 18 for like five or six games. Didn't play in August. Made some of the rosters, didn't make all of them. And it was tough, dude. I, uh, yeah, I was just confused because when Jim, in that meeting when Jim brought me in his office, um, he told me his plans for me, like, we're not just signing you as a feel good, but we want you to play. And like, he had plans for me to play that weekend if he was still the coach. Um, And uh, then Mike took over. 
And so I knew in my head, I was like, I have to earn this coach's trust now. Like, I have to show him that I can play. He has his guys, and his guys are really good. And there's, like, two or three veterans in front of me, Abdullah and Joel, really good players. So I tried to learn from them when I wasn't playing. But it was definitely tough. And then <clears throat> every week I was hoping just to make the 18. And then I started to make the 18. And, and then I was like, all right, like, I'm getting tired of sitting on the bench. I want to play. I want to help the team. Uh-huh. I want to get my first minutes. And then um, – Finally, in September, uh, against Tampa Bay at home, I got the last 10 minutes, so that was my professional debut. So it was a while after I signed, but it was uh, definitely an amazing feeling. September what? What was that? Seventh. Seventh, huh? Yeah. But on you, though, mentally, were you, I remember, I mean, you have every right to be frustrated. Of course, you're a professional Mm -hmm. now, and you want to make your debut. I remember talking to you some throughout the season, like, like, it's not going to be easy kind of thing, and telling you like you just never know with injuries oh yeah, yeah, yeah. never know it just things yeah. happen sometimes you know what i'm yeah. saying and yeah like like obviously you're young you just don't know yet but i feel like i mean for my simple you did a good job mentally just staying focused and mm-hmm. fighting through those times after you sign to still not play because that's not easy too and that takes a toll on you sometimes you lose your performance and i mean i remember at some point guys were like whoa we felt like clay signed when he wasn't signed he was trying so much harder when yeah. he signed awesome we just felt like it but you didn't really switch mentally i just felt like maybe you, you just wanted your time you know what yeah I mean? like that can that definitely takes a toll on mm-hmm. people and you just have to go through that process in life sometimes too yeah it was tough you know I, and that's why i relied on the veterans like you and kevon and dom especially um i was like yeah i just want to play mm-hmm. it's so frustrating we're not getting results and i'm still not playing mm-hmm. um but i know it's big of earning the coach's trust and um, I know Mike is a really good coach and has a lot of good plans. So if you can earn his trust, um, that's huge. So mm-hmm. that was my goal, is just to prove to him every day that I was ready to play. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that debut, though. How was that debut? Yeah, so actually a crazy story about the debut. Um, Belmont Abbey's whole team was out there. So mm-hmm. I got them tickets Old with college. Marianne. Yeah, yeah. So the whole men's team came out. And I was just hoping to make the 18 that night. Cause I was like, dang, I hope they don't see me in the stands with them. <laughs> So, yeah, I made the 18, um, had a good week of training leading into that, and uh, we went down 3-0, so I figured I'll probably get my debut. We're down 3-0. It'd be a good time to give somebody their debut. Um, and then as soon as I came up, or as soon as I came out to the halfway line about to sub in, you scored, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm, then it was 3-1. Three three yeah. yeah, I subbed in, um, did well. Uh I thought I had my assist to you on the header. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next year, I got you. yeah, next year, twenty twenty. Um, but no, it was it was good. Uh, it was it was a fun night. For were you sure. Nervous? Were you? I mean, obviously honestly, full of emotions, but yeah, definitely full of emotions. Honestly, I wasn't too nervous. I was just more amped up. Like I had butterflies in my stomach, but I w- wouldn't say they were nerves. It's more excitement and uh, like really, really ready to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. We've been doing this for our whole life, in a mm-hmm. sense. Like once you get onto, I, like I'm nervous still, still now. A good amount of games. Once you step onto that mm-hmm. field, the national anthem goes away, and everything. It's like, all right, it's go time. <clears throat> yeah, once you touch the ball, you're good. Mm-hmm. So from then, you go on a little run, mm-hmm. and you start starting a little, a little more. You, you become like a regular starter. How does that? Your career kind of change over in, in a couple yeah. months. A quick turnaround. You go from signing to making debut to starting regularly what was that like for you then mentally yeah no i was always uh 
like really excited about it because like you said my career definitely um kind of changed overnight and with all that game time and film and everything i knew i was confident um now i have like that platform to go off of and all that experience and definitely gave me a lot of confidence taking a step back and like being seasons done now being able to look how those last six months for you progress or some of the things that you learned from as soon as you signed kind of like the last half of the season yeah um maybe about yourself maybe about you know just the professional realm uh i would say one of the things i did learn was um the game's not always fair like i knew that it was uh I knew that, like, that was a saying as a kid and stuff, and I thought that just meant, like, oh, you can get a handball in a box, something stupid like that. But sometimes, um, like, somebody's not playing that should be playing, and everybody knows they should be playing. Or, and that's not even for myself. That's for people that I'm just mm-hmm. looking around the locker room for. But, um, like, the coaches have a plan for it, and so you just kind of have to trust that and, and worry about yourself and find ways each day to get better. Um, the other thing and another big lesson I learned was uh, – um, from Dom, he pulled me over in the locker room one day. He was talking to me, and he said, um, "Like this is when I was going to start against New York, and we we're about to leave. So the day we we're gonna leave, he's like, where were you uh, five months ago?' And I was like, oh, training here in Charlotte.' He's like, "Yeah, did you have a contract?' I said, "No." He's like, "Where were you three months ago?" And I was like, oh, "I signed here in Charlotte." He's like, "Have you played yet?" No. So like went on and on debut, and then started no. And he's like, "Where are you now?" I was like gonna start against New York he's like so never forget where you come from mm-hmm. so I always like try to remind myself to stay humbled and and remind myself where I come from because I know that these opportunities are are um, definitely a, a path that I couldn't make myself and so I'm grateful for that oh, yeah that definitely pushes you every single day to never ever be satisfied though yeah you know? and Dom I mean He's a great leader to have in the locker room. I learned a lot from that guy. I met him way back my rookie year in Richmond. Really? Because he played for Montreal Impact, new guys on the kickers, and we played Montreal. So he was just like, same what's up to the African guys. But I didn't know him, but I saw him. Yeah. Fast forward, now I'm just my guy. Like, it's crazy, crazy, right? It's cra- life, life is crazy. Yeah. The soccer world is actually crazy. Yeah. Um, But just for me, too, on that note, what you were saying about like how it's unfair, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, and for me this year, I really saw how one coach can have a select certain amount of guys that are their guys, mm-hmm. and another coach can come through and have their guys. Yeah. And no matter it's what, wild. if you're not their guys, like yeah. you can be talented, like you said, but you're not no their guys. It really, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it can be hard for you sometimes. Um, what's something that you learned that you didn't coming into this league that you didn't think that you you didn't expect to learn? On the field? On the field. Um, dude, I learned a lot on the field. Because um, it's the highest level I've ever played at. And coming from Belmont Abbey, I think I was, like, the top player in my last three years here. And in the USL, too, like, the PDL, I was the top player on those teams. So I've never been where I was, like, one of the bottom players mm-hmm. learning from all these veterans. So um, the biggest thing I learned personally was uh, on the training field from you guys. It's uh, the intensity of, of training every single day, even if it was um, – like a drill we hated, but it was a game everybody hated to lose. Mm-hmm. And like, that's something I took with me, and, and now like that's in me, like I hate losing. I hated it before, but it's just another level. Like yeah, this competition yeah, out there, yeah, doggy yeah. dog world. And, <laughs> and yeah, and, and it takes, it showed on up on the game field, like before the game, everybody's up and it's war. Like it's our job. Mm-hmm. It's uh we're playing for a paycheck now. Mm-hmm. It's our job, so. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's the biggest thing I took away. Yeah, it was definitely intense. I mean, when you have guys who want to take pictures after every single training yeah. session. Yeah, <laughs> to rub it in. So then you're like, ah, oh, let me get this story on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I don't want all the social media to see me lose. Just talking so much trash. I mean, this is... If, this reminded me of college for me because we had a, a lot of seniors and we just talk a lot of trash like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, not every this is a good culture that you're part of. Not every culture is going to be like that. I've been fortunate enough to be in different organizations and different people and different players are different. And different coaches don't want that, but Mike and Jim were like wanted intensity, so it brought the best out of all of us. Yeah. And you saw that some games where we fought back and come back from three zero and come back three two, or we come back and draw some games or. The last half five games of the season, even though it didn't mean much, we still fought. And I mean, I think that just spoke to like the culture and stuff. What about mm-hmm. off the field for you? What was something that you learned? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I agree with what you said though. Like the culture definitely showed us, especially like uh, when we were down. Mm-hmm. You knew that we always were gonna fight back. Mm-hmm. Even towards the end of the season, like we were out of playoffs, but mm-hmm. we ended the season four wins in a row. We looked nice to t- too. Yeah, we were fighting nice. Hold we on. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, off the field. Something I realized when I was going through those rough patches was how important um, my support system was to get my head off of things um, uh, and to spend time doing other things not involved with soccer, not involved in my job. Mm-hmm. Because when I was so consumed with it, it's like, mm-hmm. dang, this is so tiring. But um, I have family here and my head coach from the Abbey, like their family is my family. So I would go spend time with them and get away um, when we had a day off or when we finished training on a Sunday, I would just go spend all of Sunday, go to church, and just kind of relax out there. Um, and so I just realized how important it is to find things to take your mind off the game. Yeah. And that's what I was telling you, even when you weren't playing and stuff too, like your job might be stressing you out, but you have to have the balance off the field. Like I was like, go out, go for the weekend, go away, you know, sometimes. Just like you're not coming on an away trip. It's not a time to just pout and be upset. Like, yes, study the game, get better, get your touches in. But then go ahead and clear your head sometimes, too, because, like, use that definitely as an escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and something for me that I learned off the field is definitely, like, all, all everything you said. And for me, it was just, like, taking care of my body. Like Yeah, huge. I used to just eat whatever because you're young and you can't eat whatever. But I used to start feeling it before the games, like, on game day and stuff or, like, meals I'd eat the night before mm-hmm. was, like, affecting me the next day. I'm like, I could eat whatever, but now like I'm actually having to take having to take care of my body with yeah. fruits and just like watching what I'm putting in because our, our body is a machine. Like that's what we're getting paid to do. Yeah, now. exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, just learning from older people and just going down that realm too. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned for myself. Um, what was kind of the craziest atmosphere you played in this year? Uh, hands down Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, mm-hmm. hands down, dude. That I still think about that game. Like, for me, my first year, um, that game was, it had everything in it. Why is that? Well, first, like, the stadium was sick, right, downtown, downtown Memphis. Um, they had a big fan section. stadium was pretty much full. Um, and, like, to add on to that, uh, uh, they were in playoff contention. If they lost, they're out. Yep. So that add on to it. And then a cool story, a side note, um, one of my teammates from the Abbey, from Belmont Abbey, passed away. And um, he's from Memphis, and so I was able to have his whole family out there at the oh game. My yeah, God, yeah. That's crazy. so that just added to it. And it was that's just a really crazy. special night, and for us to win two zero, them get two red cards, almost a fight breaks out. Mm. People saying that Hugh hit people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon getting Brandon beard, <laughs> beard dude. Hold on, hold on. Brandon telling the whole fan section, "Come at me!" No, it was it just had everything in it, and. The temperature was even perfect. Like it wasn't so hot. Yeah. No, it's, it was a perfect night. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, 
even for me, I've never been out to Memphis. Yeah. But, yeah, booing us after, too, the whole stadium, too. Like, man, I really wish that though that game meant something, that they had playoffs on the line, because it would have felt even more real. Yeah. But, like, just to have, like, a whole, and I think it was, like, 7K there, too, a whole stadium mm-hmm. booing at you, like. That's a true yeah. away atmosphere. When uh, <clears throat> when I was talking to the family after, there's like a, a family above my family. Because you know how you, when you walked out, the tunnel was to the left. But I walked down a little bit to meet uh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like these two teenage girls with their mom are flicking me off. Like, F you, Charlotte, go away. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I'm just trying to say hello to my family. And then like these little cu- kids come up. I give them like my shin guards and, and Under Armour, stuff like that, jersey. And they're like, F you, Charlotte, go away. <laughs> Yo, you guys are mad, huh? <laughs> yeah, Sports is like the only industry where people feel like they can control us and tell us what to do, but they n- they couldn't do what we do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, everyone sits behind their TVs and tells us what to do and gets mm-hmm. so upset and stuff. But it ain't easy being out there on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't easy. What was uh, your favorite game to play in this year? That Or, sorry, what was your favorite game of the year? Not, like... Atmosphere wise or anything, just playing wise. Playing wise, um, probably say the last game. Besides the besides the weather, Ottawa at home, we just played really well, like all around. Um, and even if it wasn't Ottawa, just the game itself in Memphis, I think was our most complete game of the season. Mm. We just uh, dominated from the start, had so many chances. Um, yeah, probably Memphis or Ottawa. Uh, Memphis or Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa was definitely a good game, too. Yeah. What about the toughest game? Toughest game? Uh, New York is pretty tough up there. Those young kids were good. Yeah. And then I would probably say playing with a red card in Philly. That was... Mm. It was not... It wasn't, like, tough. Like, they were moving the ball really well, but just physically, mm-hmm. for us, 10 on the field and... Um, holding on to the lead, the lead that game, it was pretty tough. So I'd probably say New York and Philly. Yeah, Philly was a very. But very that one was game. like really a, a feel good win after that. Like we yeah, were all yeah, yeah, yeah. excited. That, that was a. I mean, the field was as an MLS field. Yeah, the field was huge. massive, and we we're all just like defending. Was that the start of our streak, or was that the second game of our streak? Um, second, because it was Hartford then Philly. Okay, we find, kind of found our. Stitch because Enzo got moved to the eight mm-hmm. because Alice got the red and we just moved people around. Yeah. And from then on, like yeah, we adjusted and started balling out. That was definitely. I mean, it meant a lot. Me and my family there too. That was a very very good game. What was uh, like the highlight of your season? It can be off the field too, on off an away trip or uh, something. Highlight of my season. I would just say the Memphis trip in general, <clears throat> um, and just like the the guys on the team, like the relationships that I created. Um, there's some good guys that I'll be friends with for a while on this team, and there's also some people that like I look up to and and think of role models in their game, from Enzo and Jorge, uh, Kevon Dom, yourself, those type of guys, Brandon. So I learned a lot, and those are those are some highlights for sure, and definitely the Memphis trip just mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Would you th- would you say this is a good successful rookie year for you? Yeah, I would. Besides the fact, like as a team, we didn't have much success, but individually, definitely a good rookie season. What's your goals as a pro and as a soccer player in general? I wanna. I always told myself I wanna have a career at this game. 
Um, like I want to make myself have a career, mm-hmm. play as long as I can, reach the highest level possible, and uh, make a name for myself and just show that with improvement, with the right mindset, um, even if you're coming from a small place, you can end up in a big place. Mm-hmm. I like that mindset at all. A lot, cause that's the same mindset I have. That's why I'm here yeah. too, bro. Just grinding. So you have a couple fan questions. Oh, no. <laughs> I've seen some from B already. Yeah. I know it. He wants to, Brandon wants to know who's the best player you've played against in the USL championship this season. You might have to help me with some names, but... Hmm. Yeah, you're going to have to help me with some names here. Who was that winger on Memphis that I was going against? Marcus. He was nice. Mm-hmm. Marcus what? Epps. Yeah, Marcus S. is pretty good. But that young buck off New York Rebels who hit the screamer against us, mm-hmm. I think he got first team. Oh, him? Stroud yeah. or something? Yeah, he he got first team. Stroud was nice. He was nice. Stroud but was I would, nice. I don't know. Marcus Epps was kind of like next level to yeah. me. Yeah, Marcus is good. I mean, he was drafted, and then I played with him in Philly. Was at the Red Bull preseason. You just when you come from MLS experience, it's some MLS experience, and yeah. it's different. No, but you had a good game against him, though. I feel like yeah, that's he was the only dynamic him. player. But um, no, it was a good game. Yeah, who whose years in like all USL, like all years you've been in it? This dude um, on Louisville. Louisville just came into the league in 2015. Is it either their first year or their second year? Their striker. Forget that. I forget his name. He ended up going to NASL for big money and yeah. just like faded away. But they're forward at the time. Long hair is like my second year in the league. He was a very, very smart forward, bro. <laughs> very smart. He makes you look around. Like, nah, bro, like, just like Jorge. Jorge yeah. Jorge's up there for me, too. Yeah. Jorge, but we didn't play against him. I thought I, well, on I, my team. Yeah, oh, yeah, you I, did I, play. I played against yeah. Jorge. But this dude, like, he was offside like, the whole time. I had to check my shoulders the whole time. Came through, timed it perfectly. Like, we ended up losing that game 2-1, but nah, he was a handful. Um, you know who was good this year, too? Uh, that winger on Tampa Bay. Uh, who was that, bro? <laughs> Every time we got the ball, they were about to score. I think he comes from... Johnson or something? Yeah, some MLS. I yeah, I've that. never seen somebody so quick. Oh, he man. Just, yeah, he was <laughs> doing that. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Poku too, Poku too. <laughs> People were crying for help then. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that one. Right. But that's probably the one that probably stands out the most for me. And I'll give it a couple of years back. Um, and then he wants to know. Right? <laughs> 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 I knew he was gonna do that at some point. Brandon wants to know why the Young Bucks yeah. can't beat the old heads this offseason in training. <laughs> well, Brandon, it's not necessarily yeah. a case of y'all just being you know, more experienced or think you're just, you know, your level is far superior <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, the one day, people's fitnesses were off. You know, we're all just getting to the group of things. Yeah. And people's fitnesses were off, so... And People came through struggling last minute. I'm not gonna name any names, but people came through this week last minute. Yeah, you know, the they gotta bit. get the jet lag and, out. You know, like and plus the the uh, old uncles, they complain about every call. Oh my lord! So <laughs> when we're playing, us young bucks just want to play. And half their goals are just deflection. Yeah, and tap and stuff Brandon too. shoots from all the way back at the goal. They get really happy. Nice they get really happy off like 
an own goal or yeah. a simple little turnover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. We know who, be- who plays better soccer, but it's yeah. cool. We can get a ref out there, B, and really make these decisions. <laughs> um, and then you have someone who wants to know, Soccer Goose, what was your mentality when you're on trial and what made motivated you to persevere and fight for your contract? Yeah, so first off, thanks uh, to Soccer Goose, big supporter uh, for the team, so thanks for that. Um, but I would say mentally, um, on trial, like I said earlier in this podcast, it was it was tough at times, but mentally I knew what my goal was, and to me I was like, nothing's going to stop me from getting that goal. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was mentally had clear vision of what I wanted. And then what was the second part of that question? Um... What motivated you to persevere and fight uh, for yeah. your contract? And then the motivation, uh, uh, a lot of it came from within, just to prove to myself that I had the ability. Um, I knew I did. I just needed the right fit, the right team. And also just I'm a big man of faith, so um, from God, uh, just to give me the motivation to get through that and from my family and friends as well. Mm-hmm. Who kind of, well, you named a few guys throughout this show, but who would you say helped you? You can name a couple guys if you want, but like for guidance figures for you this season on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevon and, and why too? Yeah, so Kevon, first off, um, we got along really well, and he has been around the game for a while. He plays at the highest level with his national team, um, so he has a lot of experience, and he kind of uh, looked out for me. So I would say Kevon, and then Hugh, yourself. Um, from the jump when I was going to be your center back partner, <laughs> I was like, yo, like, I don't really play center back, but like I'm here to get a contract. So um, you being in the league for seven years now, um, you knew like what it takes. And and so whether it was after training me, you and Kevon getting touches or just giving me talks when I needed it, um, I was really thankful for, thankful for that. And then Dom and Aaron as well, those two have been around the game for a while, and they, they just uh, kind of poured into me their experience and, and what they – think I could work on but also when I was doing stuff right like you you four like Brandon himself as well you guys would always tell me when I'm doing stuff right and wrong too and that was really uh good uh for me personally yeah I mean you're humble enough to ask questions and listen a lot of people don't want to do that or just think they want to do those things on themselves I mean it's very wise to learn from older people so mm-hmm. credit to you what's kind of what do you want to bring into next year what do you what are your hopes for next season uh, some goals for next season would be to uh, be a regular starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to have an impact on the lineup mm-hmm. throughout the season. Um, and obviously, more importantly, team goals. Like, I want to make the playoffs. I want to make a run at the playoffs. Um, I love Charlotte, and it's home for me, so I'd love to win something in this city. Um, yeah, I just want to have the best personal season. And then, more importantly, have the best personal season so that we as a team can have the best uh, record we can as a team. All right, so next question. Matt TW wants to know, how did you decide on attending Belmont Abbey? Yeah, good question. So, like I said earlier, uh, throughout the recruiting process, there was a number of different coaches that were interested in me. Um, But John Keating from Belmont Abbey seemed to be the most interested as well as the most honest coach. So when I went up there for a recruiting visit, um, I really liked the... the campus and the culture he was trying to create with the guys, not just as players, but as men as well. Um, so I felt like that was home for me, and that's why I ended up choosing Belmont Abbey. Mm, that's nice, yeah. You always want to be with a close-knit community with family. 
For sure. So about your career, which coach or teammate had the biggest influence? And then he also wants to know which players have been your biggest inspiration and which player's career most would you look most like like most likely model yourself after? Uh, so the first part, um, the biggest influence for me, coach-wise, is pretty easy. Um, John Keating from the Belmont Abbey. Um, yeah, he just really molded me into the man off the field that I am, as well as the player on the field that I am, and I learned a lot from him. And um, consider them and his family uh, like family to me now, so I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, player-wise, I would probably say... Um, I used to love Frank Lampard at Chelsea because mm-hmm. my favorite team and player. But mm-hmm. position-wise, being outside back, um, I really like Espelicueta at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Marcos Alonso as well. Both mm-hmm. players that I, I like to watch in, in Chelsea games. And then which player's career would you most likely model yourself after? Player career? Um... John Terry, probably just how loyal he stayed to a club mm, and uh, John Terry. how he became uh, the captain of a team. So, yeah, I'll probably say John Terry for his loyalty. So you're a loyal one. Of course, bro. So, hmm. Remember Note, that? Noted, yeah. <laughs> noted. <laughs> and your boy Jason wants to know, full-grown great white versus a full-grown <laughs> polar bear in an Olympic-sized swimming pool that is seven feet deep and 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Who wins? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jay's a fool. How, how tall is a polar bear? Um, is it seven yeah, feet? Right. If a polar bear is seven feet, it's taking the great white. Mm, yeah. But if it's not, I'm going great white. <laughs> what a question. What a question. Hey, appreciate you coming. My guy. Thanks for having me. Follow my guy on social media. What's your Insta? Clay Dimmick is my Insta, and then Twitter, Clay Dimmick 6. Give my man a shout. If you like this story, you know, reply, comment, and follow along. Also, subscribe on YouTube because we'll be showing. We're here at Belmont Abbey at his old former college, so you get a little tour of campus, see what he went through, see his locker room, and just his perspective and see his little Hall of Fame, too. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to miss it. Backer Footies brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's BGN.FM on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGN.FM. Backer Footies also brought to you by the Roughneck Scars and the Golden Gold Press. Golden Gold Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check them out and their amazing products at a fraction of the price at goldengoldpress.com.